At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your first look at this week's college football lines, this is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Here's Jonathan Von Tobel. Oh, what a journey it has been. We are already here. Conference championship weekend in college football, and the lines have been revealed. Yes, we got a lot to get to here over the course of the next hour. Mitch Moss is going to join us 15 minutes from now, get his thoughts, of course, on what the board is telling us and where he's going to go early on. I got an interesting question for him from a future standpoint. I got to take it alive in one of these conferences to see what he thinks about what I'm supposed to do with that. Matt Grill. DraftKings trading manager joined us in his usual time. Get the DK thought on what is happening on this board and where some of these numbers might end up. But let's get right into it as we do have these numbers starting to get posted and we'll give you the circle lines as soon as they are posted as well. Uh, but for those who are watching right now, just to give you an idea, the numbers that you will see, those are courtesy of DraftKings. So let's begin. We'll start with the big one on Friday. The Akron Zips, no. Uh, the Utah Utes taking on the USC Trojans. Akron and Buffalo do have a game on Friday, but we don't really care about that at this point right now. Utah and USC, a rematch, of course, of a regular season game in which Utah took it, 43-42. to uh, We see this now open, USC 2, with a total of 66.5, just under that field goal number. Uh, and, of course, what's going to be interesting from a total standpoint is this is a relatively high total of 66.5. And this was the first question I had. Uh, when I was you know, doing my notes and getting ready for the show, which was, is the game going to play out any different from a scoring and pace standpoint than when these two teams met early on in the regular season, right? 85 total points in the regular season matchup, 1,100 total yards, 11 possessions for USC compared to 10 for Utah in that first game. And I would say, given the environment that they're going to be in, because this is in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium on a fast track for the Trojans, it might help a little bit there. Uh, that this is still going to be a relatively high-scoring game. Total would tell you that as well with a number of 66.5. 
Uh, but when you look at it, who does that benefit more? Would assume that is USC, right, with their ability to spread you out and uh, want to get a little bit more aggressive in the passing attack. So I would say that maybe a little bit of an advantage given the environment for USC. But here's the thing, as we have pointed out with the Trojans many times, the fact that their defense is susceptible on the ground to a lot of opponents, and it was a little uh, banged up last week, although they excuse me, last week on Saturday. Uh, but of course, Notre Dame didn't have enough in the tank. But this is a defense that gives up nearly 6.2 yards per play, to be exact, 6.17 for USC. Four and a half yards per game on the ground, or per carry on the ground. And opponents, once they get into the red zone, had converted at a 61.5% clip. All rates very high for this Trojans defense. We're not really saying anything. It is what it is at this point right now for USC's defense. And for Utah, you should think that they're going to be able to come in and have success much like they did in that first matchup. However, what I, what's the interesting angle is here, again, for this total and what USC is going to be able to do, on the surface, you would look at Utah and you would say that this is a really strong defensive team, right? Uh, in terms of scoring, 20.1 points per game. In terms of rushing yards, 3.97 yards allowed per attempt. Uh, in terms of passing, what they've allowed, we should say at this point, 15 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Relatively good numbers across the board for this Utah defense. But something kind of bothers you when you look at their overall like season. And it's that in against the opponents that actually had some quality offense, Utah kind of struggled. Look at the UCLA loss, 42 points, 502 total yards, 50 yards per drive allowed to the UCLA Bruins in that game. I read you off the numbers for USC. USC in the matchup, right? 42 points in that game, well over 500 yards against Utah. And you even go back to the first matchup uh, where Anthony Richardson in Florida looked like they were going to be one of the better teams uh, in the country offensively. And remember, I always forget who the other guy was. It Cam Newton and Vince Young that Anthony Richardson was a combination of after they beat Utah in that game to open the season. So I would say that while Utah, if you look at their overall schedule, right, and you see a lot of really good defensive outputs uh, in terms of what they've allowed to some lesser opponents against some of the teams in which they have struggled have been teams that can score, and we know that is USC. So what I'm really interested in, and we'll talk to Matt Grill about this, is where this number ultimately ends up. Because I think that this is one of those that's perfectly put. If you're going to hang a full three in favor of USC, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to snatch that thing up. But at least at this point right now, we don't see a rush to lay that two in favor of USC either. So we'll see where this market goes. But I would say that if you're betting this, you're probably sitting back and waiting for a three to appear or maybe even better and getting that with Utah. Because at the end of the day, this seems like a tight game. It was tight the first time these two teams took the field. There's not much separating them from a power rating standpoint. And I think that this is one that goes back and forth. And from an in-game standpoint, you'll probably find an angle maybe a little bit better than a pre-flop standpoint, especially if it just sits at two at this point right now. So again, first number seeing for the Pac-12 championship game, USC two-point favorite with a total of 66 and a half. We move on from there. Next up on the rotation, and we'll get to some of the smaller conferences as well in their championship games. Let's get the big boys out of the way first. Big 12, Kansas State taking on TCU. Another number that's just under a field goal. Uh, right now, TCU, two or two and a half with a total of 62. Number right now over at DraftKings, two with a total of 61 and a half. These two teams, of course, met in the regular season as well. TCU won that game 38 to 28. But remember... Now, it wouldn't take too much out of it. It was a weird game. Kansas State came out to an early lead in that matchup. I believe it was 28-10, but then had a rotation of three different quarterbacks due to injury. Adrian Martinez exited the first drive. Will Howard had to get knocked out of the game in the beginning of the third quarter, eventually did come back. And now, Will Howard, the unquestioned starter here for Kansas State, you're not going to get that volatility during the game. But I do wonder, and I think that when you look at this number two, clearly we get a sense of how the market feels about TCU. 
and TCU, to give them credit, of course, taking care of business in a very big way uh, this last weekend against Iowa State as very big favor covering that number with ease. But what I would say here in this matchup is Will Howard, as the unquestioned starter, has played fine but hasn't been dominant by any stretch. And if you look, like turnover-worthy play rate, 8.1% over the last two starts for Howard, even this last Saturday against Kansas, he completed just 11 passes. Most of his yardage, Howard, uh, came on catch and runs. I think Deuce Vaughn had, what, an 80-yard catch and run, essentially, uh, for Kansas State in that matchup against Kansas. Sammy Wheeler had a lot of catch and run opportunities as well. And to say what you will about TCU, I mean, we can throw up this note right now in terms of their ATS record, you can look at ATS records and say, oh, I'm just going to bet on this team because they're covering. But ATS records do give you a sense of where the market is at. And these are two better cover, you know, better the uh, covered teams in the nation, right? 8-3-1 for Kansas State, 9-2-1 for TCU. But clearly the market's been off on TCU, right? They've covered nine games of their 12 so far this season, some of them relatively comfortable. So I would say when you look at a number that's under three, against a Kansas State squad that has not really looked, I would say, the exact same. And Will Howard, while he got off to a really strong, like, solid start when he took over this job, has kind of fallen off a little bit. I do wonder if at this point right now, maybe we are selling TCU short at sitting just under a field goal at minus two. And from a defensive standpoint, look, I don't really blame anybody who would want to go against TCU. Four yards per carry allowed on the ground. Uh, in terms of the passing attack, or excuse me, their secondary, it's actually been a little bit more effective, and they've been really good at forcing turnovers, especially through the air. 14 interceptions for TCU, just to 17 touchdowns allowed. I mean, the thing is, though, it's not going to be a dynamic passing attack for Kansas State. You're going to have to wrap up their ground game. It's really interesting to see this market and the separation that it believes there is between Kansas State and TCU. And I just wonder if Howard playing and like the lack of explosiveness with Howard and the way that he has looked at quarterback, I wonder if that's really going to be the massive difference maker here for them in this game between TCU and Kansas State. We move on from there. Again, we're just going over the, uh, the Power 5 Conference Championship games. Let's go to the SEC. LSU taking on Georgia. Uh, they did not meet up in the regular season, so we don't have a regular season matchup to go back to. Uh, Caesars uh, opened this game. Georgia minus 16 with a total of 50.5. Right now at DraftKings, you're looking at 16.5 with a total of 50.5. And, and my immediate thought here is that LSU, let's go back to, and we got to do this on live that Saturday a couple of weeks back, but Elliot, remember we sat here and watched that LSU-Arkansas game, right? And that was when LSU... Close about, what, three, three and a half? Actually, I think he got to five because um, uh, the uh, quarterback situation for Arkansas. But regardless, I bring that up because LSU's offensive line in that game against Arkansas was absolutely terrible. Uh, Jaden Daniels in that game was pressured on 11 of his dropbacks uh, uh, against Arkansas, and that was a higher rate, by the way. That was 39.3% of his dropbacks. He was pressured on another 11 in the loss to Texas A&M this last weekend. What is this this offensive line for LSU going to do if it couldn't handle Arkansas and Texas A&M's defensive fronts? This is obviously a little bit of a better defensive front for Georgia, and Daniels has been pretty poor under pressure this season. Only 5.8 yards per attempt, PFF passing grade of 55.9, and I think that's a really big matchup here. And it's also very clear that LSU, at least from a rankings standpoint, is not a top 10 team in the country. And the market got a little gung-ho on LSU for a while there, especially you know the win over Alabama and its belief in them on the road against Arkansas. But it's pretty clear at this point right now that results like that matchup against Arkansas and then, of course, the loss to Texas, uh, Texas A&M, uh, that this is what this LSU team is. And I would not be running to grab 16. And sure, you can look at Georgia and say, well, they were scuffling around with Georgia Tech and they were trailing that game early and they kind of had to like slowly walk their way through that game. But at the same time, I think there is such a big mismatch 
in terms of this defense and that front taking on this LSU offensive line. And the other thing is the strength for LSU so far this season, or at least I would say their best player, Harold Perkins, he's kind of negated because he's an awesome pass rusher, but you're not going to get many pass rush opportunities for Perkins to take advantage of against Georgia. Really interested to see. It's a dead number at 16, where this goes. I think from a total standpoint as well, it would correlate to maybe a side. Uh, we'll see from there if that maybe starts to drop. But right now, again, 16.5 with a total of 50.5. The other two big five games, that will, or excuse me, uh, power five matchups that we'll discuss really quickly, and we'll get thoughts on these as the show goes on. But Michigan and Purdue. Michigan, of course, is wildly, I'm like wildly impressed with the way that they took care of business against Ohio State, taking apart that secondary and allowing J.J. McCarthy to do what he did. Michigan opens up in this as a 16, 16.5 point favorite with a total of 50 against um, Purdue. And uh, I would say, of course, uh, this is representative of the gap between these two. Uh, Purdue, from a passing standpoint, that's really all they can do. Not a strong ground game. Probably fall behind pretty quickly, and we'll see how high this number gets, but you're just under that 17 mark, so I wouldn't see a surprise to get to 17. And Clemson in North Carolina, we see this at 7.5 or 8 with a total of 62. And we'll get to Clemson's issues as well because not only – you know, we keep talking about this offense for Clemson, and rightfully so. DJ uh, DJ Uyunglele with a terrible interception near the end of that game against South Carolina. This defense has a lot of issues, though, and those issues have popped up throughout the season – and uh, North Carolina comes lumping into this game after a couple of consecutive losses. So, Power Fives are set. We'll get more on these details and where these numbers are going to go. Matt Grill's going to be with us at the bottom of the hour. When we come back, though, Mitch Moss, host of Follow the Money, is going to join us. We'll get his thoughts on what he has seen so far and what he expects in terms of these numbers, what he wants to play in some of these Power Five games and some of the Group of Fives as well, including that situation I'm talking about with the future that I've got in this Mountain West Championship. That's coming up next here on College Lines Review. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. 
but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to College Lines Revealed. A reminder for all of you out there that if you have loved ones, whatever it is, Make sure you hit up VEASAN.com and check out our Cyber Monday sale. Sign up today. You can become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Get a daily recap of our top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. You get tools like our betting splits and a deep dive daily betting reports, plus upcoming College Bowl and Super Bowl betting guides. And if you do it now, guess what? You get a $30 credit to the VEASAN store. Check it all out. Limited time Cyber Monday offer. Sign up now. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Part of that, too, you get access to the live feeds. You can watch. Follow the money every single morning. You see Mitch Moss, of course, host, star, fame, and fortune. Mitch Moss is with us now. What's up, buddy? How's it going? How's your, uh, how's your Sunday treating you so far? Pretty good. How was your Thanksgiving, buddy? Was it good? It was good. It was good. You know, I sat there, and my, uh, my, my wife and kids were out of town, so it was a little quiet, and I just sat there in, in silence, which was kind of nice. And I just, thanked, I just thanked the powers that be for friends like you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I saw your text all day long. I kept getting them like every hour on the hour. Thank you, buddy. Thank <laughs> you, you for it. being you. Uh, Thank you, right. uh, oh, I thought you had something for me. All right. No. That was a good awkward exchange. Let's get to games. All right. We'll start at the top here. And I'll, actually, I'll just ask you this general question. So we've had a couple of these numbers up for a while. Uh, you've looked over them so far. The game, the line, the total that sticks out most to you that you have seen on the board is what? Kind of like Tulane. Lane two and a half against uh, Central Florida. Uh, I know when they played, what was it, three weeks ago now, they yep. lost, they were at home. That number closed around one and a half for Tulane. But if you look at the way Central Florida's been playing lately, losers outright to Navy a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know what that was against South Florida yesterday. South Florida was a disaster this year. And, I mean, with a trip to go to this uh, conference cell game on the line, they could, I mean, they were very fortunate, and they gave away a huge lead. So I don't like the way Central Florida has been playing uh, the last couple of weeks. Meanwhile, Tulane has been, you know, solid the entire year, despite losing to Central Florida uh, when they met the first time around. And uh, now it's about, it's been bumped up a point um, compared to when they played the first time, like I said. And to beat Cincinnati like they did um, yesterday, pretty impressive. Uh, Tulane has just been from, again, they've been one of the best stories, one of the best covering teams the entire year in the entire sport, if not the best. And I think below a field goal here with uh, Tulane is a, is a pretty good number. Uh, no, officially, uh, them and Oregon State, the best cover teams in the country, at 10 and 2 against the spread. Uh, Oregon mm. State, of course, improving to that number after they went out right in the Civil War uh, against Oregon. All right, I'll throw a couple at you and get your thoughts. So, first off, I was kind of making the case a little bit before we had you on uh, TCU and Kansas State. Uh, I'm not surprised, right, that this is under a field goal. You know, that the market doesn't have a ton of respect for TCU. There's not much separating a lot of these Big 12 teams. So it's not a shock that you're sitting here at two and a half, the total at 62. The, the case that I was trying to build here, and yes, TCU won the first game, but Adrian Martinez gets knocked out early. Howard gets knocked out in the third quarter of that regular season matchup as well. 
but that I don't know if Will Howard has really been playing all that well so far, like the last couple of weeks, Mitch. Even go back against mm-hmm. Kansas, a lot of catch-and-run opportunities for Kansas State. It wasn't Howard playing very well. Last two games for him, he's committing turnover-worthy plays at a relatively high rate. Are we selling TCU short here and putting this at least under a field goal? I kind of feel like we are, and I also think that uh, as this week progresses, JBT, we're going to hear so many people make the case for K-State, yep. and they're going to become a huge public underdog. Meanwhile, when you look at TCU, you're exactly right. They have basically received little to zero respect for most of the year, and it's like every single week, if you want to go back to around when they played, I think Oklahoma, I mean, it's like, oh, this is a bad spot for TCU. What happens They, you know, kill uh, the Sooners in that game. It was like bad spot after bad spot after bad spot against Texas. Well, the dream's dead this week. They're seven-point dog. They're going to lose. And they can go out there and they can beat you like 49-13 to 13, or like in that Texas game, they've proven now that they can beat you 17-10. to 10. And the Longhorns, by the way, they have been a team in many, many like, you know, sharp college football betters, like top 10 for most of the year. So it's like, what, what does this team have to do? To me, their schedule was like a gauntlet this year. Uh, they played really good teams each and every single week. The Big 12 was really, really good, and yet they're two and a half. Um, I don't know. If this, if this two, two and a half, if this comes down somehow, oh, man, uh, I like it already the way it is. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm with you on that one. I like the Horn Frogs here. Yeah, I think it's a great point, too, with Kansas State maybe emerging as a little bit of a public underdog. Uh, considering how many people have been trying to take their shots against TCU. And I've been included in, in that mix uh, throughout the entire season, but this team seems to be um, um, invulnerable when it comes to uh, everything from a spot and situation standpoint. All right, let's go to a couple of others. First off, uh, let's go Clemson and North Carolina here. So 7.5 or 8, depending on where you look, with a total of 62. So I wanted to look at it from this angle first, get your thoughts on it. So we're talking a lot about this offense for Clemson, rightfully so. It has looked disjointed at times. DJU with a very poor interception at the end of the game yesterday. The offense has sputtered at times and also looked pretty good at times. Having said that, Mitch, I think what worries me about Clemson is not so much their offense. Why are we talking more about this defense, which has been susceptible to really big plays, this secondary, which has been picked apart by a couple of what you would think are lesser offensive attacks? I mean, it was big play after big play for South Carolina yesterday, too. Should we not be worried about that against this North Carolina offense? I, I would say yes, but also the North Carolina offense, they've struggled now for the last couple of weeks. I thought there was a path there going back a good two, three weeks for Jake Maida. You know, had they run the table moving forward and he was putting up those similar numbers, he could have won the Heisman. In fact, in the athletic straw poll, he was number two, only a point behind Stroud at the time, so it made some sense. But their offense has now kind of clicked down a little bit. But that said... I don't. This game to me has a feel for it where it's going to be completely open because of what happened to Clemson yesterday, and now their national playoff and title hopes are completely dead. To where it's going to be loosey goosey. Um, they don't have that to play for anymore. And I can see this where it just turns in. You know, every game turns into kind of like snowflake takes on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And it would not be surprising to me at all if this turns into uh, one of those uh, shootouts that uh, we kind of expected maybe a couple of weeks back. Yeah, I was reading something and. Uh... When uh, asked, uh, let's see, did uh, DJU's latest performance lend itself to opening up the competition at practice next week during Clemson's preparation for an ACC championship? Dabo Swinney responded with, we'll see. So I don't know if if that's actually opening the door for Cade Klubnik to get the start here. 
And that'll be interesting, too, because if you talk to college football folks, they do believe that Klubnik is the better quarterback. And from a line standpoint, mm-hmm. what that does here, if it is indeed Klubnik a quarterback for Clemson, would be really, really interesting. But again, 7.5 or 8 with a total of 61.5. All right, let's go to another matchup uh, really quickly here. Uh, SEC, and I want to get your thoughts just because I want to see if I have the right read, but uh, Georgia and LSU, we have seen Georgia kind of walk sleepwalk through some of these games, right? Kent State, Missouri, yeah, and sure. in the beginning of Georgia Tech uh, before they kind of suffocated them. But I think LSU has been one of the more overrated teams, especially down the stretch here. You struggled against Arkansas. You barely got out of there. You get smoked and give up 30 points to Texas A&M. Uh, I, the, this number at 16.5, it's not that I'm laying to rush in the lay 16.5 with Georgia Mitch, but I don't think there's really a case that I want to make for LSU at all in this game. Well, no, and you got to ask a question, though, too, because yesterday before the games were starting and as the LSU game was going on, that number was available, readily available at Georgia minus 15. And now it's sitting where it's at today. You have to ask yourself, okay, how many points is LSU losing yesterday worth to the number, right? Because now, like I said, with Clemson, they're dead. Uh, They don't have any playoff hopes. LSU, I mean, they were hearing about it for weeks. Hey, you have a chance now. You beat Georgia after beating Alabama in the SEC title game. There's a great chance you're going to get into the playoff with two losses. They had all that to play for, and now their dreams are completely dead so is that worth, what, two, two-and-a-half points? That's what the number is kind of saying right now. Maybe it's worth more than that. But uh, like you said, uh, Georgia, man, to lay this big of a number, I mean, they can still blow out LSU, and it could still be, you know, 34-13 late, and the back door is wide open to go 34-20. So I'd be a little hesitant here to be laying that many points right now with the Bulldogs. All right, let's hit a uh, group of five matchup. Mountain West Championship game. Before the season started, I was really high on Fresno State and Jake Hayner. He gets hurt, but still, they find their way here against Boise State. This is one of those conference championship games that will be played on a true home site for Boise State. Uh, right now, Broncos, five or four and a half with a total of 51. Am I finding a way to get off of this ticket for Fresno State to win the Mountain West title? I would wait in play if you really yep. want to. I mean, what, yeah, I'll ask you, as a person holding that ticket, then why can Fresno not win this game? Uh, I would say that I don't think there is like I I think the case is to make for Fresno here and not Boise State. Taylor Green's been awesome, but Jake Hayner down the stretch has looked more and more comfortable. He's gotten more healthy. PFF passing grades of 87 or higher each of the last four games. He hasn't thrown an interception in the last four games either. I'm I'm with you like in terms of my line of thinking. If I am going to find a way, it's going to be wait till this game starts and wait for a plus price in game for Boise State. But I think Fresno State is is looking more and more like the team we expected them to be at the start of the year before injuries took place. No, Hayner's awesome at this level. Um, he's very, very good. And by the way, who knows how that USC game turns out against Fresno yep. if he doesn't get hurt right away in that game. I mean, that could have been totally different. Um, so I, by the way, I've watched Boise State play the last couple of weeks. They were extremely fortunate to survive against Wyoming. And then how about, I mean, if you had Utah State and the points over the weekend, uh, what was it, on Friday? I mean, that's an all-time bad beat. They're down by four points going in to take the lead, and they can't cover a huge spread. They, you know, Boise could have lost that game, so... I think that uh, you are more than live to win that game all right and catch that three to one ticket. All right, Mitch Moss again, host of Follow the Money, Mitch Moss Radio, up on Twitter. Uh, Mitch, we are up against it, but we appreciate some time and thank you very much, buddy. We'll talk soon. You bet, pal. Best of luck today. Right, you got it again, and Mitch Moss Radio. Uh, yeah, as we kind of like expand and jump off there, 
Uh, I would agree. But like, part of the reason at the beginning of the season, uh, my thought process with Fresno State was that they were the better team uh, than Boise State. And while things have changed, they're also somewhat the same. And with Jake Hayner missing a lot of time with that ankle injury, now as he's gotten healthier and started to look a little bit better, he has looked like the guy that we expected, which was the best com- uh, quarterback in the Mountain West Conference. And I do think on the road here. Remember, they lost 40-20 to when they met up the regular season. Hayner was not on the field. It was a completely different Fresno team than the one that's taking the field right now. All right, we'll take our break. When we come back, we continue to look through some of these games, the openers, and what we have seen, especially for some of these group of five championship matchups we haven't hit on yet. College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back in. College Football Lines Revealed. Well, they've been revealed, uh, of course. Uh, We do have our conference championship games matched and set, and uh, we have gone through some of the opening numbers. We'll get to some of the group of five matchups coming up in a minute. A a real quick pro tip for you before we get to uh, what we have planned here. It's something we've touched on a little bit. ATS records, I think some people will look at them and go, good record, I'm going to bet on that team. Uh, but as we put here, you know, consider betting on teams that have a strong ATS record if you believe the betting market has not properly adjusted. Uh, you know, I've always used ATS records as an indication uh, of whether or not a market has properly rated a team, right? Because you set the spreads. And obviously, if you're a little too low from a rating standpoint on a certain team, well, then, of course, they'll consistently come inside these numbers or cover those numbers as favorites because the power rating has not been adjusted properly. And the same could be said for a lot of these teams that we're talking about here. I mean, Tulane, for example, one of the best cover teams in the country, uh, tied for first with Oregon State. Clearly, the market never really adjusted on the Oregon State Beavers because they covered 10 games this season, had a really strong year ATS-wise. Same thing with Tulane as they come into this with 10 covers in 12 games. And the same could be said for TCU who is coming into this game 9-2-1 against the spread, consistently covering numbers. And for TCU, at least, because I'm not going to pretend that I have tracked the market moves for Tulane every single week, uh, but for TCU being a really big story and something that I've kept my eye on throughout the year because we've had a lot of conversations on in the Live Bet Saturday from the Doug and Heisman candidacy standpoint and everything else in between, the market is not only low on TCU, the market's kind of consistently been moving against TCU, right? Like that's been the case for the Horned Frogs throughout this entire season. So not only has the market not really adjusted on the Horned Frogs, uh, the market is actually willingly going against this team. And clearly, we're seeing that they have not adjusted their rating enough on what TCU is. And the interesting link tying both Tulane and TCU together, kind of, again, bringing this full this uh, pro tip full circle with like teams that are off market, or at least in terms of the rating by the market, both numbers are under a field goal. Playable numbers here, and I really do I, I find it very interesting to see where these numbers go by the time we get to kickoff next weekend for these clubs and what we're going to see from a market standpoint. And I do think that Mitch had a really great point, or especially a team like Kansas State is going to be a pretty sexy, uh, sexy public underdog considering that everybody thinks that TCU is somewhat fraudulent and uh, would be willingly taking a small plus price on the money line and taking two even though it's really kind of a dead number. Uh, and from an in-game standpoint, I think you'd probably want to attack that unless we get to a full three and whatnot. But either way, that's the whole point. These teams have been very underrated by the betting market. They continue to deliver, and until the market adjusts, it's worth taking a look at. So with that, uh, we have set the table for these Power 5 teams. A very quick run-through again if you're just joining us. USC is a two-point favorite in their Pac-12 matchup against Utah. That total at 66.5, that game being played here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Just mentioned TCU, 2.5 or two-point favorite with a total of 62 against Kansas State. That matchup, of course, being played at Arlington uh, for the Big 12 championship game. 
We move from there to set the table again really quickly. LSU-Georgia. This is in Atlanta. Georgia, a 16.5-point favorite with a total of 50.5 against LSU. Clemson, North Carolina. Clemson, an 8- or 7.5-point favorite with a total of 62. This game, of course, as we know, ACC Championship game being played in Charlotte. And last but not least, in Indianapolis, a magnificent building. Uh, Michigan, 16 or 16.5 with a total of 50. And we haven't spent a lot of time on either one of those. And really quickly, wanted to go to Clemson. Um, because we brought up a point with Mitch. There's a couple of things that are very much worth focusing on here for Clemson, uh, the first of which is the obvious one. DJ Uyangalele, again, with a uh, poor moment at the end of the game, we'll call it, uh, against South Carolina, a really bad turnover uh, in a game that ultimately led to them losing to the Gamecocks. And afterwards, Debo Swinney not really shutting down conversations on it. Uh, we should expand that quote a little bit when asked whether or not there would be an open quarterback competition uh, when it comes to prepar- uh, preparation for this ACC championship game, uh, told the media we'll see. And when he was asked if there's the possibility of practice reps being split between uh, DJ Uyangale and Cade Klubnik, uh, Swinney, who was very salty after the game, quote, we're not getting into any of that. We're just moving on and getting ready for next week. So it's just going to be something to monitor. And what I think is really interesting is the power rating, I would say, probably improves for Clemson and if, his, uh, if it is indeed Cade Klubnik. Anybody you talk to, that follows college football, has been making the case for Klubnik pretty much all season long. Uh, but I would say, and well, we'll see if the market adjusts at all, let's say Klubnik is announced as it gets to eight or eight and a half potentially, uh, there's a chance. But I'm going to go back to the fact that this Clemson team, from a defensive standpoint, uh, I think does leave a lot to be desired at times. Uh, they have been susceptible to some pretty big plays, uh, Clemson has at times. Uh, We have seen it multiple times where they've had trouble containing explosive offenses that they have faced. Saw a couple of it a couple times against South Carolina this last weekend. Uh, We saw it in the game against Wake Forest where they could not get that Wake Forest offense off the field to save their lives. Uh, And you look at some of the long plays that they gave up. Antoine Wells had a 72-yard reception. Juju McDowell had a 65-yard reception against Clemson. This is the South Carolina game. Uh, Nate Adkins had a 32-yard reception. Josh Van had a 34-yard reception. Jalen Brooks had a 23-yard reception. Uh, This is a team that has been susceptible to explosive plays throughout this entire season. And while Drick May and the North Carolina Tar Heels uh, come into this on quite the skid and have not really been playing that well, uh, I would also still make the case that – This UNC team is capable of explosive plays themselves. And I get that when you look at Drake May from a passing depth standpoint this season, in terms of pushing the ball downfield, it doesn't make up a massive uh, amount of his repertoire. We're talking about throws of 20 more yards downfield, only 73 of them this season. But he's completed 39 of them. Uh, As far as a passing grade from a PFF standpoint, it's as high in terms of the depth, right? So you have deep 20 more yards, medium throws 10 to 19 yards, and then short throws of 0 to 9 yards. His highest passing grade of all three categories from a depth standpoint for May, um, it's on those deep throws. A PFF passing grade of 98.5. He's thrown 14 touchdowns to three interceptions. You can, I would say... You can look for a potential explosiveness for this North Carolina offense. They haven't played well coming down the stretch. You see the offense really getting contained the last two games against Georgia Tech and NC State, so it's not the greatest form coming into this game. But I, I wonder if we kind of bury what's going on with this Clemson secondary and this defense overall to talk too much about this offense and not focus so much on a defense that has been susceptible to some really, really big plays to opposing offenses. So I'm really interested to watch this matchup to see if that transpires and where the market goes as well. Uh, with Clemson solidly over a touchdown favorite at 7.5, and, and actually we see one spot opening up, and that would be uh, the, the Superbook at 8.5 in favor of Clemson. 
doesn't seem that there's a rush by the betting market to come in and support the North Carolina Tar Heels because this would be off of that 7.5 and, and at 7 right now, and that's not the case. Uh, but I, I do wonder if we're kind of burying the lead here with the Clemson Tigers when it comes to some of their issues. So with that, a couple of the other matchups uh, that we should hit on really quickly in some of these group of five games. Conference USA Championship game. This also a, a true home site, UTSA, playing host to the North Texas Mean Green. Uh, these two teams met. Earlier in the regular season, UTSA had a 31-27 victory over North Texas, scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, took a lead with 15 seconds left to win in that matchup at home. Uh, we see this right now on the board, 8 or 8.5, with a total of 67.5. We would think that uh, this is a, a little bit of a higher scoring affair, as the market really indicates with this total. Also, what we've seen from UTSA, uh, they did have to outscore UTEP on Saturday 24-7 in the fourth quarter to come back and win, and against some of those better opponents. And the Mean Green, really good running team, really good play-action team, coming into this matchup against the UTSA defense that has been susceptible to some pretty big scores allowed, um, would think that this has a high-scoring affair uh, written all over it between these two clubs. But UTSA, a nine-point favorite over at DraftKings with a total of 66.5. Pretty high score, pretty high spread uh, against a match or against a team, I should say, that fought them pretty tough on the road earlier in the regular season. Toledo and Ohio. Uh, this, of course, MAC championship game going down in Detroit. Uh, Caesars opened this game. Toledo is a four-and-a-half-point spread with a total of 62. These two did not meet up in the regular season. Toledo comes into the MAC championship game in a little bit of a stumble, 0-2 in their last two games. They have failed to cover their last five, and 2-3 and three straight up in those matchups. Meanwhile, Ohio comes in 7-0 straight up and against the spread in its last seven. They've covered eight straight. Uh, if you go back to right before that seven-game winning streak in a game that they lost, and uh, Curtis Rourke playing some really good football at this point right now for Ohio. Uh, how about this? Two consecutive games, and actually we'll call it four out of the last five with offensive grades of the PFF standpoint of over 90. He's been absolutely tremendous uh, for Ohio as you head into this matchup against the Toledo team that has been stumbling a little bit in terms of recent results. Coastal Carolina on the road against Troy Sunbelt. Again, another one of those championship games being played in true home road venues. So Troy's going to play host here. They did not meet in the regular season. Troy has won its last nine games. They covered seven of those matchups. And Coastal Carolina, you know, you never really like teams that come in and poor form. Coastal Carolina smoked by James Madison yesterday, 0-2 ATS in their last two games. Uh, I don't think you really love coming into a matchup like this, um, not only in poor form, but just getting smoked the way that they were. And uh, some other matchups as well on the board. We didn't see, uh, let's see, I didn't see it on the board. Uh, and then finally, we mentioned it in briefly, but we'll reiterate for those who are just watching. Fresno State, Boise State. Boise State opens up Caesars 4.5 with a total of 50.5. And, a half, and uh, that's pretty much where we're sitting right now. Boise State in the range of about 5, uh, but 4.5 the predominant number with a total one of 51.5. And, and if you'll notice, as we're talking about these numbers, um, we're not really moving. Right? This isn't like a usual Sunday where we get all these numbers posted and all of a sudden things are moving. We have our graphics. We're showing you what the biggest line moves are here. Uh, you can kind of see some of these matchups, of course, coming a week away, two weeks away. These numbers and markets are relatively mature. Uh, these are also true power rating numbers, right? A lot of these being played on neutrals. So you get an idea of what the difference is between these two. Mountain West, I should point out, is one of those, again, true road, home, split venues. But uh, we haven't really seen a lot of movement early as these numbers got posted. So as we get a little bit more in the last couple of minutes, we'll keep an eye on those. But until then, talk to Matt Grill, DraftKings trading manager, to get his thoughts on what we're going to see on the board, where some of these numbers might end up. And we'll ask him that question. If indeed we get a quarterback change for Clemson, what does that do for a number?
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Hey, folks, before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com. Check out the current betting splits data. You want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Betting splits page updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets where the money doesn't match said public opinion. You can check out not just today's action but future events as well. Betting splits, another way VEASAN's here to make you smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Speaking of DraftKings... Welcome in Matt Grill, DraftKings trading manager, who's nice enough to give us some time every single week in this spot. Uh, all right, so Matt, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to see here. But first, uh, you and I were talking off the air. Walk us through what the night is before uh, this day, right? Because you guys were up pretty late. You're working pretty hard to get these numbers set uh, in a uh, in a weekend that, that we've seen these matchups kind of set in terms of at least a little bit far forward. And you get some projections as to what they might be. But what was the night like for you? 
Yeah, just like you mentioned, a couple of these games have already been set for a week or more now. But going into yesterday, a lot were still yet to be determined. So the Big Ten, the Big 12, a bunch of these games. So what you kind of do is you prepare by looking at what would be your hypothetical line for these possible matchups, get a list together so that when the games are finally determined, you can go up with a number pretty quickly. So yeah, I was sitting there at about 11, 30, 12 last night getting up the Pac-12 game, put a number up, two and a half, went to bed. So this morning, wake up and we're at two on USC. So, I, like, in terms of, like, betting action, I was making this point. You know, usually on these Sundays where we do this show, uh, screens lighten up and there's a lot of movement. Obviously not the case here. And I think a lot of this has to do with a, a couple of things. And you correct me if I'm wrong. Like, one, the market gets pretty tight at this point right now. We kind of figure and we know what these teams are. Uh, unless there's a massive difference in the totals, these numbers probably are right around where they should be for the most part from a side standpoint. And the other point that you just mentioned, these matchups have been up in some markets. You guys have had them up. There's no rush like we have on Saturdays, or should be Sundays usually, because there's bigger boards and numbers that might be off market. That's not generally the case, thus not as much movement on days like today. Yeah, exactly. These bigger name teams are going to have a little bit more of a solid power rating, so a little bit easier to make a number for these types of games, like a Georgia LSU or a USC Utah. So, and like I mentioned, you have a number in your head going into it a couple of days beforehand, based on the possible couple matchups, and then the lines get released. And you're right; it really hasn't been too much movement this morning. I think the biggest question might be in the Sun Belt Championship game. Really, uh, Coastal is having some issues at, at quarterback. Don't really know who's going to mm-hmm. go. Grayson McCall is—is is he possible to go? Is he not? Because if he does not, huge drop off to their second and third string, as you saw yesterday. They, they got taken to the house by James Madison. So we put up uh, Troy minus six and a half right now as an opener, which is, looks like where the market's kind of settling. Yeah, one spot actually, as we're speaking, is flashing seven and a half, the total of 48. To your point, though, you guys, a little bit lower than that, just under that seven. All right, so let's start with some of these big matchups, get your thoughts on some storylines of where these things might end up. I wanted to go to Clemson, North Carolina, just to ask you uh, really quickly, um, Dabo Swinney not exactly shutting the door on a quarterback competition during the week as they head into this matchup with North Carolina. Uh, we've talked to a lot of people who feel that Cave Klubnik is the better quarterback of the two, despite the fact that he has not played so far this year. If if we do get a quarterback change in this game for Clemson, what does that do to the line, if anything? I don't think it's going to do too much just for the fact that UNC, not the greatest defense. So Clemson's going to get their points no matter what. So whether it be DJ or Klubnik, they should really be able to still put up some points. I don't see it being too much of a, of a needle mover. All right. I like it. And from a betting standpoint, I mean, we talk about all the time numbers giving you clues as to where the respect is. And clearly, this is seven and a half, eight. There's no real change here. You guys have seven and a half. Where do you expect this number to end up by the time we get to kickoff? I would, I would assume it closes right around here, right? Seven and a half, eight? Yeah, just like you mentioned, I, th- I think we were six and a half when we opened this up two weeks ago. Uh, kind of got down to six that week after UNC lost at GT. It was up over seven, seven and a half now, eight some spots. So, uh, yeah, not too much of a movement this game. It, it, it's too bad, too, because this game really lost some luster. You know, with Clemson going down, UNC going down again, Clemson would have had a shot to make the playoff if they would have won yesterday, but now not the case. All right, let's go to Friday night. Utah and USC. So you mentioned it. You guys hung up two and a half overnight. You went to bed, and it's still pretty much sitting there at this point right now. Uh, and I, like, what I find interesting about this is twofold, right? One, the total, it's a 66-and-a-half. You had a, a high-scoring affair between these two when they met in the regular season. Now you're indoors out here in Las Vegas on a fast track, which I think would help USC. Uh, but USC had a lot of success against this Utah defense, and we know what's going on with USC defensively. We'll start from the total standpoint. 66-and-a-half seems relatively high, but I would assume that we're not going to get much action on an under here given what we saw the first time around and what we know about these two teams. 
Yeah, I think you're exactly right. You look at the points that USC has been, been putting up, and it's, how do you stop this Caleb Williams kid? It's just, you know, he's, he's scrambling around every play and, and, and picking up uh, yards rushing or throwing for these third downs. It's just amazing. It's hard to stop this team right now. So uh, I think it's tough to bet this, this under, like you mentioned. The first game, I believe, was 43-42, to 42, so yep. that game was in the mid-80s. Could probably see another shootout here again. I expect this number to possibly rise. And, and from a side standpoint, it does stick out that USC is, uh, you know, a full point under that field goal. We're sitting at minus two. Do you expect the Trojans to get some support? Because I was making the case, this seems to be one of those games where if you get to like three, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of respected guys who are going to come in there and jump on a full field goal with Utah. Yeah, USC at this point, you know, such a public side, you know, every week. And I think they're up to plus 22 on turnovers this year. So yep. you keep waiting. If you keep betting against the way for the warm to turn, has not happened. So uh, if, they, if they ever have a game where they are not getting all the fumbles, Caleb Williams throws a pick or two, they might be in trouble. So Utah could be, maybe be a team to exploit this. You've got some great cornerbacks. Uh, who can, uh, Clark Phillips can really pick the ball off quite a bit. So if they can maybe just get one or two of those chances to turn the game around, could flip things for Utah. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of those turnovers coming via interceptions uh, for USC's defense. You're not going to have a lot of opportunities to pick off passes here against uh, the Utes. All right, let's go to Saturday. Kansas State and TCU, again, another one of those numbers that kind of sticks out to you. It's under a field goal and a neutral. You're talking about two and a half with a, <coughs> excuse me, with a total of 62. Are we disrespecting TCU still here, right? The market, it was 10 yesterday, went to nine and a half pretty much everywhere, and they smoked Iowa State, and here we are, market saying, hey, you know what, not that much of a difference between you and K-State. Yeah, if you remember that first game, it closed yep. three. Kansas State went up 18 points. TCU, of course, had to come back and won by 10 points a game. But it was a pretty even matchup. K-State's been on fire for a couple weeks now. TCU it was just kind of scraping by a couple games. And they finally blew a team out here to Iowa State, where the line got down nine, down to nine and a half and then covered easily. So it's going to be a very good game here. TCU, and now here's the thing. With all the other teams going down, can they afford a loss and still get into the playoff. It's an interesting argument. So, obviously, if they win, they're in. But if not, would they maybe just slip down to that four-hole, depending on what USC does? It makes this game very interesting. Should be a great game against K-State here near Pickham. Mitch Moss was making the case that, and I think I'd agree with him, Kansas State has the makings of being a pretty public underdog this coming weekend with everybody always trying to take their shots against TCU. Would you think that's the case? Uh, when I came in this morning, it was pretty much a wall of TCU bets on the early action is what I was seeing. So just the, the teams like USC, TCU, you know, the, the vast majority is going to see these teams and be betting them. So, uh, you know, once we get a couple sharp bets, you might see a ticket out down a bet. We, we, a bit. we took a couple of those, went down to two on both those games. That's where we're sitting now. All right, now the other two Power 5 matchups, actually identical numbers here. Georgia, 16, 16 and a half with a total of 15 and a half. Michigan, 16, 16 and a half with a total of 50. We'll start with Georgia LSU. Uh, do you get to a full 17 over there at DraftKings? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, Georgia was really slow to start against Georgia Tech and a pulling away, taking care of business. LSU, of course, just totally dropped the ball and they shot the playoffs and up with the double digit loss to Texas A&M. They now go in this game to try to play spoiler, although probably not spoil anything because Georgia's going to be in no matter what. So that game has lost some luster as well because if it would have been if LSU would have won, they would have been in. Now that's that's gone. Purdue, Michigan, Michigan also now they can probably afford a loss. So are they really going to want to step in the gas or against Purdue? We'll see. Purdue just might not be able to do too much against this defense. So that's why we're sitting at 16 and a half on both these games uh, for both of those games just given the the spread and the uh we'll call it like the lack of suspense in terms of the outcome i would assume out of the championship games those will probably be on the lower end of handle in terms of just individual games 
I think the Big Ten will probably end up doing pretty well. It's the standalone game Saturday night, so you know everyone kind of wanting to still bet, bet, get some action that night. I, mean, I think the Big Ten will still take some decent amount. All right, let's go to some of these uh, group of five games uh, really quickly. Uh, interesting one here, UCF taking on Tulane. We've discussed this as two, uh, Tulane has been a team that has been consistently delivered at the window. Uh, you guys are just under that field goal here of 52.5 uh, with a total of 57.5. Uh, any early indications as where this number might end up? Yeah, another rematch here. UCF, the first game, was able to go into Tulane and win. And I believe that game, they might have closed the slight favorite. So it'll be in- interesting to see if we get some kind of similar movement here. Tulane's been on fire the last couple weeks. UCF, now the last two weeks, had lost the Navy and barely beat South Florida. So they've taken a little bit of a hit in their rating. That's why you're seeing this two and a half here instead of maybe UCF favorite like it might have been in a rematch a couple weeks ago. How about Mountain West game? Uh, Boise State, Fresno State, before the season started, two teams at the top of the odds board over at DraftKings to win the conference. And now they finally get to meet on the road. Difference is Boise State gets to face a Fresno State team that they won by 20 against, but now with Jake Hayner, at quarterback, where do you think this ends up? Yeah, totally different game this time in this matchup. They played much earlier in the season. I think this is the matchup everyone wanted to see in the Mountain West. Jake Hayner has been back, like you mentioned, been doing really well for the Bulldogs. Both teams on long winning streaks, so this would be a really yeah. good game in the Mountain West. I'd expect it to tick down a bit. That's me personally. I, I kind of like the Fresno side myself. Maybe see this going on a 3 now 4 but we'll see what happens this game. Matt? We appreciate the time as always, buddy. It's really good to talk to you, and we've always appreciated the time throughout the season as well. We are coming to an end of the football season, so it's kind of sad, but good to talk to you, man. Hey, it always blows in, and it blows out quickly as it just came in. So (laughs) thanks, JVT. Thanks a lot, Matt. Again, trading manager over there at DraftKings. All right, well, we have our conference game set, and all these matchups are set, so it's going to be really fascinating to see where some of these numbers go. As we've mentioned, these numbers are pretty mature, at least in terms of the market, and you're not going to see a ton of movement by the time we get to some of these matchups outside of some injury questions for some of these teams, including the one that Matt mentioned uh, with Coastal Carolina. So until then, make sure you check out the College Football Betting Podcast channel that we have, of course, here at BC, wherever you get your podcast. You're going to have a lot of great analysis throughout the week leading up to Conference Championship Week. And next week, we'll be talking playoffs as the college football playoffs are set before we get on the air. We'll see you then. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.